0: Our Zoom discussion is on Alma, Amulek, Zeezrom, and the people of Ammonihah. And as we go through their experience, it is a sign and a portent of things that are coming to us. And so let's start in Alma chapter 8. And in Alma 8, We'll start in verse 4. And he, Alma, began to teach the people in the land of Melech according to the holy order of God, by which he had been called, and he began to teach the people throughout the land of Melech. Now, what does that mean that Alma taught according to the holy order of of God. Well, if we cross-reference to D&C 84, verse 23, and in D&C 84, 23, it says, Now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel. And, you know, here Moses' name and Joseph Smith's name are interchangeable. And we can also add Alma's name. Now, this Moses, Joseph Smith, and Alma plainly taught to the children of Israel or early saints— in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. And in the next verse, we find out that what it means to behold the face of God in this context is to enter into his rest, which rest is the fullness of his glory, which is not just a personal appearance of Christ to a man or woman on this earth, but it is actually To ascend to the high mountain, not the earthly mountain, but the heavenly mountain, and enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And this is what it means in Alma chapter 8, verse 4, to teach by the holy order of God. To teach by the holy order of God is to teach the doctrine of Christ. It is to teach The new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which is what sanctifies a man, a woman, or a people, and prepares them to enter into the rest of Jesus Christ. Just as Moses did, just as Joseph Smith did, and just as Alma had done. And the holy order... Uh, is not just a synonym for Church of the Firstborn, but it's an ascension level within the Church of the Firstborn where a man has been ordained to the patriarchal order of the Priesthood, which ordination comes directly from Father. So, we know the ascension level of Alma, and we know what he was trying to do. He was seeking to bring the people to whom he was teaching. And remember, this is Alma the Younger into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit so that they would receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, so that they then, if they continued, would be able to receive the revelation about what they must do to part the veil and have an ascension experience to the seventh heaven and enter into Christ's presence of the fullness of his glory. Now, back to Alma chapter 8, verses 8 through 11. And it came to pass that when Alma had come to the city of Ammonihah, he began to preach the word of God unto them. Now Satan had gotten great hold upon the hearts of the people of the city of Ammonihah. Therefore, they would not hearken unto the words of Alma. Nevertheless, Alma labored labored much in the spirit, wrestling with God in mighty power and prayer, that he would pour out his spirit upon the people who were in the city, that he would also grant that they might, that he might baptize them unto repentance. So Alma didn't simply wash his hands of the people of the city of Ammonihah when they rejected his words and his teachings. His heart went out to them. He pled for them, and this is a sign of a true prophet a true prophet pleads for his people and does everything that he can do to intercede for his people with the Lord, that their hearts might be softened, that they might accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that they might be spared from destruction. Verse 11, Nevertheless, they had hardened their hearts, saying unto him, Behold, we know that thou art Alma, We know that thou art high priest over the church, which thou hast established in many parts of the land, according to your tradition, and we are not of thy church, and we do not believe in such foolish traditions. Now in verse 13, and when the people had said this and withstood all his words and reviled him and spit upon him and caused that he should be cast out of their city. He departed thence and took his journey toward the city which was called Aaron. And it came to pass that while he was journeying thither, being weighed down with much sorrow, waiting through much tribulation, and anguish of soul because of the wickedness of the people who were in the city of Ammonihah. And again, notice the mark of a true prophet who weeps for his people. And is harrowed up because of their wickedness. Because wickedness brings something even more terrible than physical destruction. It brings spiritual death. And it came to pass that while Alma was thus weighed down with sorrow, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him, saying, Blessed art thou, Alma, therefore lift up thy head and rejoice." For thou hast great cause to rejoice, for thou hast been faithful in keeping the commandments of God from the time which thou hast received thy first message from him. Now that first message from God was when Alma and the sons of Mosiah were visited by this very same angel who gave Alma and the sons of Mosiah the choice to either repent and return or be destroyed if they would, but to seek no more to destroy the church of God. And finishing in verse 15, behold, I am he that delivered it unto you. So clearly um, this angel was intimately connected with Alma and his family. And verse 16, And behold, I am sent to command thee, that thou return to the city of Ammonihah, and to preach again unto the people of the city. Yea, preach unto them. Yea, say unto them, Except they repent, the Lord God will destroy them. For behold, they do study at this time, that they may destroy the liberty of thy people. For thus saith the Lord, which is contrary to the statutes and judgments and commandments which he has given unto his people. And now it came to pass that Alma, that after Alma had received his message from the angel of the Lord, he returned speedily to the land of Ammonihah, and he entered the city by another way, yea, by the way which is on the south of the city of Ammonihah. Now, Let's cross reference in Moroni chapter 7 and look into what Moroni says about the appearance of angels in verses 25, 29, and 37. And in verse 25, wherefore, by the ministering of angels and by every word which proceeded forth from the mouth of God, men began to exercise faith in Christ, and thus by faith they did lay hold upon every good thing, and thus it was until the coming of Christ. Now remember, what we typically define as faith, which is belief and trust, is actually hope. And we must combine hope with faith. But true faith is seeking after, receiving, and acting on revelation. And this is precisely what Alma's pleading and fasting and mourning for the people in the city of Ammonihah was. He was exercising faith on their behalf. In other words, seeking after receiving and acting on revelation and combining that with hope, which is belief and trust that there would be a way that the people of the city of Ammonihah, that their hearts might be softened and those who would might be brought unto the Lord. Now verse 29. And because he hath done this, my beloved brethren, Have miracles ceased? Behold, I say unto you, nay, neither have angels ceased to minister unto the children of men. And I certainly know that in my case, I had been searching most of my life about what the path of ascension was and how exactly it was that someone might seek the face of Christ in this life. At that time, I didn't realize that seeking the face of Christ meant more than just seeing him in vision, that it actually meant having an Ascension experience like Moses and Nephi had Ascension experiences. And it wasn't until my experience with an angel in 2015 that the scales finally fell from my eyes and I saw what had been sitting right in front of my very nose all of my life. And it was, in fact, the doctrine of Christ, which is the blueprint about how we ascend to the high mountain and enter into Christ's presence, which presence is the fullness of his glory. Verse 37 in Moroni 7, behold, I say unto you, nay, for it is by faith we're seeking after receiving and acting on revelation that miracles are wrought. And it is by faith that angels appear and minister unto men. And we're going to see in the story of Alma and Amulek that it was by the power of faith that they were given power, that they could not be held in prison or bondage, and also that they could not be slain. It is by faith that angels appear and minister unto men. Wherefore, if these things have ceased, woe be unto the children of men, for it is because of unbelief and all is vain. Um, So I would submit unto you that if an experience with angels has not been a part of your life or if you've not been cognizant of experiences with angels that you might cry out unto the Lord and say, you know, Father, I desire to set aside my unbelief for I do believe. Therefore, you know, forgive my unbelief and help me exercise the faith sufficient that I also might experience the ministry of angels and be aware of it. Now going back to Elma chapter 8. Verse 19. And as he entered the city, he was in hunger. And he said to a man, will you give to a humble servant of God something to eat? And the man said unto him, I am a Nephite. I know that thou art a holy prophet of God. For thou art the man whom an angel said in a vision thou shalt receive therefore go with me into my house and i will impart unto thee of my food and i know that thou will be a blessing unto me and my house and it came to pass that the man received him into his house and the man was called amulek and he brought forth bread and meat and set before alma and it came to pass that alma ate bread and was filled And he blessed Amulek in his house, and he gave thanks unto God. And after he had eaten and was filled, he said unto Amulek, I am Alma, I am the high priest of the church of God throughout the land. And behold, I have been called to preach the word of God among all this people, according to the spirit of revelation and prophecy. And we're going to find that Amulek would also be blessed with the gift of revelation and prophecy as he went, as he will go with Alma unto his own people and cry repentance unto them. And we're going to find out exactly, at least in this context, what it means to cry repentance unto a people. Continuing verse 24, And I was in this land, and they would not receive me, But they cast me out, and I was about to set my back toward this land forever. But behold, I have been commanded that I should turn again and prophesy unto the people, yea, and to testify against them concerning their iniquities. And now Amulek, because thou hast fed me and taken me in, thou art blessed. For I am hungered, for I had fasted many days. And Alma tarried many days with Amulek before he began to preach unto the people. And it came to pass that the people did wax more gross in their iniquities. And the word came to Alma, saying, Go also, say unto my servant Amulek, Go forth and prophesy unto this people, saying, Repent ye. For thus saith the Lord, except ye repent, I will visit this people in mine anger. Yea, and I will not turn my fierce anger away. Now, how did Alma receive these instructions in this direction? Well, it was by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. To experience the ministering of angels is not to receive all the revelation that one receives by angels directly. Most of the revelation still comes by the Holy Ghost as thoughts, ideas, and impressions, both to our mind and heart. And Alma went forth also, And also Amulek, among the people, to declare the words of God unto them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, this is an important note. Because in 2 Nephi 28, we're given a warning by Nephi, specifically who sees our day and is giving a warning to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Verse 31 in Second Nephi 28. <clears throat> Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men. Save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. So Nephi says that one of the sins of the Latter-day Saints will be that they will hearken unto the precepts of men that they will make flesh their arm and that they will put their trust in man, which means that they will trust men and accept as doctrine those who speak not by the power nor write by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. But one who does speak and write by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost as is gone over in 1 Nephi chapter 11, uh, God expects us to receive all the words of those who speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. In 1 Nephi chapter 11, As Nephi is desiring to see and to hear and to know the things which his father had seen in the tree of life vision. As he sat pondering those things in his heart. Verse 1, it says, For it came to pass that after I had desired to know the things that my father had seen, and believing that the Lord was able to make them known unto me, as I sat pondering in my heart, I was caught away in the spirit of the Lord, yea, into an exceedingly high mountain. Now, this is not an earthly mountain, and it's the same mountain that Moses was caught up to in Moses chapter 1. And they were not, they didn't just have a vision opened up to them and saw into the heavens. They actually went to that high heavenly mountain or the seventh heaven upon which I never had before seen, and upon which I never had before set my foot. So we know that this is Nephi's first ascension experience. And the Spirit said unto me, Behold, what desirest thou? And I said, I desire to behold the things which my father saw. And the Spirit said unto me, Believest thou that thy father saw the tree of which he hath spoken? And I said, Yea, thou knowest that I believe all the words of my father. So, The Spirit asking Nephi if he believed the words of his father was not asking Nephi if he trusted man or relied upon the arm of flesh because Nephi's father spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost and therefore Nephi was expected to receive all of the words that his father would speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And verse 6. And when I had spoken these words, the spirit cried with a loud voice, saying, Hosanna to the Lord, the Most High God, for he is God over all the earth, yea, even above all. And blessed art thou, Nephi, because thou believest in the Son of the Most High God, wherefore thou shalt behold the things which thou hast desired. So when the spirit of the Lord heard that Nephi had received all of the words that his father had spoken by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, The Spirit of the Lord cried with a loud voice, saying, Hosanna to the Lord, the Most High God. So we most assuredly are expected to receive the words spoken by men or women who speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. Now, back to Alma chapter 9. Alma chapter 8, verse 30. And Alma went forth and also Amulek among the people to declare the words of God unto them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And therefore, there was a way that the people could discern the words of true messengers from false ones. And that's because they spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And verse 31. And they had power given unto them insomuch that they could not be confined in dungeons. Neither was it possible that any man could slay them. Nevertheless, they did not exercise their power until they were bound in bands and cast into prison. Now this was done that the Lord might show forth his power in them. And it came to pass that they went forth and began to preach and to prophesy unto the people according to the spirit and power which the Lord hath given them. And may I add that when Joseph Smith leads out that end-time exodus, after the strength of the Lord's house have been gathered out from among the Latter-day Saints, or those who will enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, seek after, and ultimately receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, they will go on missions, first to reclaim the Lamanites, and then the peoples of the whole earth. And as they go on these missions, they will encounter great physical risk unto themselves. But the power of God will be with them. And he will be with them even unto the power of deliverance. And if they are not called to die as martyrs in this mortality for Jesus Christ, there will be none who will be able to kill them. But if they are called to die as martyrs, they will seal their testimony of Jesus Christ with their blood and it will stand as a witness of him between heaven and earth for eternity alma chapter 9 starting in verse 1 and again i alma having been commanded of God that I should take Amulek and go forth and preach again unto this people or the people who were in the city of Ammonihah. It came to pass that as I began to preach unto them, they began to contend with me saying, who art thou? Suppose ye that we shall believe the testimony of one man, although he should preach unto us that the earth should pass away. Now they understood not the words which he spake for they knew not that the earth should pass away. And they said also, we will not believe thy words if thou shouldst prophesy that this great city should be destroyed in one day, which is a prophetic pronouncement. Now they knew not that God should do such marvelous works, for they were hard-hearted and a stiff-necked people, and the opposite of a broken heart and contrite spirit, is being hard-hearted or being puffed up in one's own pride. Verse 6, And they said, Who is God that sendeth no more authority than one man among this people? to declare unto them the truth of such great and marvelous things. And they stood forth to lay their hands on me, but behold, they did not. And I stood with boldness to declare unto them. Yea, I did boldly testify unto them, saying, Behold, O ye wicked and perverse generation, how have ye forgotten the tradition of your fathers? Yea, how soon ye have forgotten the commandments of God. Do you not remember... That our father Lehi was brought out of Jerusalem by the hand of God. Do you not remember that they were all led by him through the wilderness? And have you forgotten so soon how many times he delivered our fathers out of the hands of their enemies and preserved them from being destroyed even by the hands of their own brethren? Yea, and if it had not been for his matchless power and his mercy and his long suffering toward us, we should unavoidably have been cut off from the face of the earth long before this period of time and perhaps been consigned to a state of endless misery and woe. Behold, now I see unto you that he commandeth you to repent. And except ye repent, ye can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. But behold, this is not all. He has commanded you to repent, or he will utterly destroy you from off the face of the earth. Yea, he will visit you in his anger, and in his fierce anger he will not turn away. Behold, do you not remember the words which he has spoken unto Lehi, saying, that inasmuch as ye shall keep the commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. And again, it is said that inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord. And now I would that ye should remember that inasmuch as the Lamanites have not kept the commandments of the God, they have been cut off from the presence of the Lord. Now we see that the word of the Lord has been verified in this thing, and the Lamanites have been cut off from his presence, from the beginning of their transgressions in the land. Nevertheless, I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than for you, if you remain in your sins, yea, even more tolerable for them in this life than for you, except you repent. For there are many promises which are extended to the Lamanites, For it is because of the traditions of their fathers that have caused them to remain in the state of ignorance. Therefore, the Lord will be merciful unto them and prolong their existence in the land. And as it was with the Nephites, so it is with the Latter-day Saints. We have been blessed with greater light and knowledge than any other people upon the face of the whole earth we have the scriptures of the restoration laid before us, which contain the fullness of the doctrine of Christ, which contain the pathway that if we follow it, will lead us to become sons and daughters of Christ through the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of Holy ghost that we might then be instructed how to part the veil ascend to the high mountain and enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. None other people on the face of the earth have this laid so plainly before them as do the Latter-day Saints. And as a result, we are under a greater requirement to hearken unto the words of God and to enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that we may become his sons and his daughters. And if we do not, as is discussed in DNC 101, we don't make it. Just like the Nephites who rejected the fullness of the gospel did not make it. While the brother and the Lamanites who did not have access to as great Um, a body of true knowledge or the doctrine of Christ were preserved. Um, So it is with us. Verse 17 in Alma nine. And at some period of time, they will be brought to believe in his word and to know of the incorrectness and the traditions of their fathers. And many of them will be saved for the Lord will be merciful unto all who call on his name. Now, not only were there many periods throughout Book of Mormon times where the Lamanites accepted the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and became a very righteous people unto the Lord. This also has application to our day when the first people who will be ministered to on that end time exodus will be the Lamanites Who will be taught the doctrine of christ by the power and authority of the holy ghost and then there will be among them a separation of wheat and tares just as there will have been among the latter-day saints and the wheat will be gathered together and they will be led out and they will join that end-time exodus which culminates with meeting up with enoch and his city and establishing new jerusalem while those who reject the fullness of the doctrine of Christ, which will be taught to them in power and authority, will not make it. Verse 18. But behold, I see unto you that if ye persist in your wickedness, that your days shall not be prolonged in the land, for the Lamanites shall be sent upon you. And if you repent not, They shall come in a time when you know not, and ye shall be visited with utter destruction, and it shall be according to the fierce anger of the Lord. And they're not going to have to wait too long until this prophecy and revelation of Alma is fulfilled. For he will not suffer you that ye shall live in your iniquities to destroy his people. I say unto you, nay, he would rather suffer that the Lamanites might destroy all his people who are called the people of Nephi, if it were possible that they could fall into sins and transgressions after having so, had so much light and so much knowledge given unto them of the Lord their God. "'Yea, and after having been a highly favored people "'of the Lord, yea, after having been favored "'above every other nation, kindred, tongue, or people,' After having had all things made known unto them according to their desires and their faith and prayers of that which has been and which is and which is to come. Having been visited by the Spirit of God, having conversed with angels and having been spoken unto by the voice of the Lord and having the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation and also many gifts and the gifts of tongues and the gift of preaching and the gift of the Holy Ghost and the gift of translation. Yea, and after having been delivered of God out of the land of Jerusalem, by the hand of the Lord having been saved from famine and from sickness and all manner of diseases of every kind, and they having waxed strong in battle, that they might not be destroyed, having been brought out of bondage time after time, and having been kept and preserved until now, and they have been prospered until they are rich in all manner of things. And now, behold, I say unto you that if this people who have received so many blessings from the hand of the Lord, should transgress, contrary to the light and knowledge which they do have, I say unto you that if this be the case, that if they should fall into transgression, it would f- be far more tolerable tolerable for the Lamanites than for them. For behold, the promises of the Lord are extended to the Lamanites, but they are not unto you if ye transgress, For has not the Lord expressly promised and firmly decreed that if ye will rebel against him, that ye shall utterly be destroyed from off the face of the earth? And now for this cause, that ye may not be destroyed, the Lord has sent his angel to visit many of his people, declaring unto them that they must go forth and cry mightily unto this people, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven heaven, is nigh at hand. And not many days hence, the son of God shall come in his glory and his glory shall be the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace, equity and truth, full of patience, mercy and long suffering, quick to hear the cries of his people and to answer their prayers. And behold, he cometh to redeem those who will be baptized unto repentance through faith on his name. Therefore, prepare ye the way of the Lord. For the time is at hand that all men shall reap a reward of their works. And a quick note. In Scripture, when baptism is referred to, unless it refers specifically to baptism by water only, which is baptism in t- by water into the preparatory gospel, it means baptism by water into the terrestrial order, baptism by fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Again, we see that the foundation of Alma's teachings is the doctrine of Christ. Therefore, prepare ye the way of the Lord, for the time is at hand, that all men shall reap a reward of their works according to that which ha- which they have been, if they have been righteous, they shall reap the salvation of their souls, according to the power and deliverance of Jesus Christ. And if they have been evil, they shall reap the damnation of their souls, according to the power and captivation of the devil. Now behold, this is the voice of the angel crying unto the people. And now, my beloved brethren, for ye are my brethren, and ye ought to be beloved, and ye ought to bring forth works which are meet for repentance. Seeing that your hearts have been grossly hardened against the word of God, and seeing that ye are a lost and a fallen people. Now it came to pass that when I, Alma, had spoken these words, behold, the people were wroth with me, because I said unto them that they were a hard hearted and a stiff necked people. And also because I said unto them that they were a lost and a fallen people. They were angry with me and sought to lay their hands upon me that they might cast me into prison. But it came to pass that the Lord did not suffer them, that they should take me at this time and cast me into prison. And it came to pass that Amulek went and stood forth and began to preach unto them also. Now the words of Amulek are not all written. Nevertheless, a part of his words are written in this book. Chapter 10, verse 1. Now these are the words of Amulek. Which Amulek preached unto the people who were in the land of Ammonihah, saying, I am Amulek, I am the son of Gedona, who was the son of Ishmael, who was a descendant of Aminadi. And it was the same Aminadi who interpreted the writing, which was upon the wall of the temple, which was written by the finger of God. And Aminadi was a descendant of Nephi, who was the son of Lehi, who came out of the land of Jerusalem who was descendant of Manasseh, who was the son of Joseph, who was sold into Egypt by the hands of his brethren. And behold, I am also a man of no small reputation among all those who know me. Yea, and behold, I have many kindreds and friends, and I have also acquired much riches by the hand of my industry. Nevertheless, after all this, I never have known much of the ways of the Lord and his mysteries and marvelous power. I said, I never had known much of these things, but behold, I mistake. For I have seen much of his mysteries and his marvelous power. Yea, even in the preservation of the lives, lives of this people, nevertheless, I did harden my heart for I was called many times and I would not hear. Therefore, I knew concerning these things, yet I would not know. Therefore, I went on rebelling against God in the wickedness of my heart even until the fourth day of the seventh month, which is in the 10th year of the reign of the judges. As I was journeying to see a very near kindred, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto me and said, Almulek, return to thine own house, for thou shalt feed a prophet of the Lord. Yea, a holy man who is a chosen man of God, for he has fasted many days because of the sins of this people, and he is an hungered, and thou shalt receive him into thy house and feed him, and he shall bless thee and thy house, and the blessing of the Lord shall rest upon thee and thy house. And it came to pass that I obeyed the voice of the angel and returned toward my house. And as I was gathering together, I found the man whom the angel said unto me, Thou shalt receive into thy house. And behold, it was this man who has been speaking unto you concerning the things of God. And the angel said unto me, He is a holy man, wherefore I know he is a holy man, because it was said by an angel of God. And again, I know that the things whereof he hath testified are true. For behold, I say unto you, that as the Lord liveth, even so has he sent his angel to make these things manifest unto me. And this he has done while this Alma hath dwelt at my house for behold, he hath blessed my house and he hath blessed me. And when Amulek says he has blessed my house, he's not talking about the physical structure. He's talking about his family who dwells in his house with him. And this will become more significant as we get to Alma chapter 14. And my women and my children, and my father and my kinsfolk, yea, even all my kindred hath he blessed. And the blessings of the Lord hath rested upon us according to the words which he spake. So now we know why Alma tarried several days at Amulek's house before he and Amulek went out and began their missionary efforts. It's because he was teaching and blessing all of the family of Amulek. Verse 12. And now when Amulek had spoken these words, the people began to be astonished, seeing there was more than one witness who testified of the things wherefore they were accused and also of the things which were to come according to the spirit of prophecy which was in them. Nevertheless, there were some among them who thought to question them, that by their cunning devices, they might catch them in their words that they might find witness against them, that they might deliver them to the judges, that they might be judged according to the law, and that they might be slain or cast into prison, according to the crime which they could make appear or witness against them. Now it was those men who sought to destroy them, who were lawyers, who were hired or appointed by the people to administer the law at their times of trial or at the trials of the crimes of the people before the judges. Now these lawyers were learned in all the arts of cunning of the people, and this was to enable them that they might be skillful in their profession. And it came to pass that they began to question Amulek, that thereby they might make him cross his words, or contradict the words which he should speak. Now they knew not that Amulek could know of their designs, But it came to pass that they began to question him. He perceived their thoughts, and he said unto them, O ye wicked and perverse generation, ye lawyers and hypocrites, for ye are laying the foundations of the devil, for ye are laying the traps and snares to catch the holy ones of God. And Amulek could perceive the thoughts of those who sought to ensnare him precisely as Ammon could perceive the thoughts and intents of King Limhi as he spoke to him in his court. Verse 18, And ye are laying plans to pervert the ways of the righteous and to bring down the wrath of God upon your heads, even to the utter, utter destruction of this people. Yea, well did Mosiah say, who was our last king, when he was about to deliver up the kingdom having no one to confer it upon causing this people should be governed by their own voices. Yea, well, did he say that if the time should come, that the voice of this people should choose iniquity. That is, if the time should come, that this people should fall into transgression. They should be ripe for destruction. And now I say unto you that well doth the Lord judge of your iniquities. Well doth he cry unto this people, by the voice of his angels, repent ye, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yea, well doth he cry by the voice of his angels that I will come down among my people with equity and with justice in my hands. Yea, and I say unto you that if it were not for the prayers of the righteous who are now in the land, that ye would even now be visited with utter destruction. Yet it would not be by flood, as were the people in the days of Noah, but it would be by famine and by pestilence and by the sword. But it is by the prayers of the righteous that ye are spared. Now, therefore, if you will cast out the righteous from among you, then will not the Lord stay his hand. And so here we see Amulek also exhibiting the gift of prophecy, and revelation for the people of the city of Ammonihah are about to do precisely that. They are about to cast out the righteous men among them. Yea, I say unto you that if it were not for the prayers of the righteous, verse 22, who are now in the land, that ye would now be visited with utter destruction. Yea, yet it would not be by flood, as were the people in the days of Noah, but it would be by famine and by pestilence and by the sword. But it is by the prayers of the righteous that ye are spared. Now therefore, if ye will cast out the righteous from among you, then will not the Lord stay his hand, but in his fierce anger will come out against you. Then ye shall be smitten by famine and by pestilence and by the sword. And the time is soon at hand, except you repent. And now it came to pass that the people were more angry with Amulek. And they cried out saying, This man doth revile against our laws, which are just, and our wise lawyers whom we have selected. And Amulek stretched forth his hand and cried the mightier unto them, saying, "O ye wicked and perverse generation, why has Satan got such great hold upon your hearts? Why will ye yield yourselves unto him that ye may that he may have power over you to bind your eyes, that ye will not understand the words which are spoken according to their truth? For behold, have I testified against your law? ye do not understand ye say that I have spoken against your law." But I have not, but I have spoken in favor of your law to your condemnation. And now behold, I say unto you that the foundation of the destruction of this people is beginning to be laid by the unrighteous of your lawyers and your judges. And now it came to pass that when Amulek had spoken these words, the people cried out against him saying, Now we know that this man is a child of the devil, for he hath lied unto us. For he has spoken against our law, and now he says that he has not spoken against it. And again, he has reviled against our lawgivers and our judges. And it came to pass that the lawyers put it into their hearts that they should remember these things against him. And there was one among them whose name was Zizrim. Now he was the foremost to accuse Amulek and Alma, and being one of the most expert among them, having much business to do among the people now the object of these lawyers was to get gain and they got gain according to their employ now how interesting is it that over and over again especially through elma the lord illustrates the great and mighty change that can happen to one who repents and returns unto their Lord and their God. And that just because one has not spent a life um, in the paths of righteousness does not disqualify them from severe repentance and returning unto their Lord and God and still being able to become an instrument in his hand unto the convincing of many of the truth of his word. Such is the case with Alma the Younger. Such is the case with Amulek. And as we're going to find, such will be the case with Zizrum. Chapter 11, verse 1. And it was in the law of Mosiah That every man who was a judge of the law or those who were appointed to be judges should receive wages according to the time which they labored to judge those who were brought before them to be judged. And verse 20. Now it was for the sole purpose to get gain because they received their wages according to their employ. Therefore, they did stir up the people to riotings and all manner of disturbances and wickedness, that they might have more employ, that they might get money according to the suits which were brought before them. So the judges, which King Mosiah had set up among them, had all become corrupt, and were seeking to profit by the disturbance of the people. And certainly we can see the parallels of our day. Therefore they did stir up the people to riotings and all manner of disturbances and wickedness that they might have more employ. It would probably be more apt to say of, those who do the same thing today, that they might gain power and control over the people. Therefore they did stir up the people against Alma and Amulek. And this Zizrim began to question Amulek saying, will ye answer me a few questions, which I shall ask you. Now Zizrim was a man who was expert in the devices of the devil that he might destroy that which was good. Therefore he said unto Amulek, Will ye answer the questions which I shall put unto you? And Amulek said unto him, Yea, if it be according to the Spirit of the Lord which is in me, for I shall say nothing which is contrary to the Spirit of the Lord. And Zeezrom said unto him, Behold, here are six aunties of silver, and all these will I give unto thee, if thou wilt deny the existence of a supreme being. And Amulek said, O thou child of hell. Um, Notice the way that neither Alma or Amulek soft-pedal the sins of the people or the doctrine of Christ. O thou child of hell. Why tempt ye me? Knowest thou that the righteous yieldeth to no such temptations? Believest thou that there is no God? I say unto you, nay, thou knowest that there is a God, but thou lovest that lucre more than him. And now thou hast lied before God unto me. Thou hast said unto me, behold, these six aunties, which are of great worth, I will give unto thee, when thou had it in thy heart, to retain them from me, And it was only thy desire that I should deny the true and living God, that thou mightest have cause to destroy me. And now behold, for this great evil, thou shalt have thy reward. And Zeezrom said unto him, Thou sayest there is a true and living God? And Amulek said, Yea, there is a true and living God. Now Zeezrom said, Is there more than one God? And he answered, No. And now Zeezrom said unto him again, How knowest thou these things? And he said, An angel hath made them known unto me. And Zeezrom said again, Who is he that shall come? Is it the Son of God? And he said unto him, Yea. And Zeezrom said again, Shall shall he save his people in their sins? And Amulek answered and said unto him, I say unto you, He shall not, for it is impossible for him to deny his word. Now Zechariah said unto the people see ye remember these things for he said that there is but one god yet he hath yet he saith that the son of god yet he saith that the son of god shall come but he shall not save his people as though he had authority to command god Now Amulek saith again unto him, Behold, thou hast lied. For thou sayest that I spake as though I had authority to command God, because I said he shall not save his people in their sins. I say unto you again that he cannot save them in their sins, for I cannot deny his word. And he has said that no unclean thing can inherit the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, how can ye be saved except ye inherit the kingdom of heaven? Therefore, ye cannot be saved in your sins. And remember the words of Amulek when it comes time for him to discourse on resurrection. And that he has just made reference to the ultimate state of man being inheriting the kingdom of heaven and this is a crucial understanding to understanding what amulek was actually saying about resurrection now cesarum saith again unto him is the son of god the very eternal father and amulek said unto him yea he is the very eternal father of heaven and of earth and all things which in them are And he is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And he shall come into the world to redeem his people. And he shall take upon him the transgressions of those who believe on his name. And these are they that shall have eternal life and salvation. And salvation cometh to none else. Therefore, the wicked remain as though there had been no redemption made. Except it be the loosening of the bands of death. For behold, the day cometh that all shall rise from the dead and stand before God and be judged according to their works. Now, Amulek proceeds here to give what seems to be the telestial discourse on what it means to be resurrected. But if we really understand in the full context of what Amulek is saying and about the ultimate state of man if he follows the path of ascension. Um, Amulek's discourse on resurrection takes on a very different light. And we also have to remember that when one is speaking to a mixed group of people, one usually does not give them the terrestrial or the celestial discourse, but... The higher doctrine is cloaked in the lower doctrine. Verse 42. Now there is a death which is called a temporal death. And the death of Christ shall loose the bands of this temporal death, that all shall be raised from this temporal death. The spirit and the body shall be reunited again in its perfect form. Both limb and joint shall be restored to its proper frame. Now, if you read this quickly, you miss the next part, which is the key to understanding what Amulek is really saying. When he's talking about perfect form, that both limb and joint shall be restored to its proper frame, he's talking about even. As we now are at this time, which is an allusion to what Alma is going to be discussing in Alma chapter 13. But because we read this too quickly, and because we read it with the lens of false tradition, we miss... The true doctrine of resurrection, which is being taught by Amulek, but is being um, veiled to some degree. And we shall be brought to stand before God, knowing even as we know now, and have a bright recollection of all our guilt. Now this restoration shall come to all both old and young, both bond and free, both male and female, both the wicked and the righteous. And even there shall not be so much as a hair of their heads be lost, but everything shall be restored to its perfect frame. And again, the definition of its perfect frame is as it is now. And we're going to get into the full explanation of exactly what that means in Alma 13. Or in the body and shall be brought and be arraigned before the bar of Christ, the Son and God, the Father and the Holy Spirit, which is one eternal God, to be judged according to their works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. And now behold, I have spoken unto you concerning the death of the mortal body and also concerning the resurrection of the mortal body. I say unto you that this immortal, that this mortal body is raised to an immortal body that is from death, even from the first death unto life, that they can die no more. Now, hearken back to what Amulek said before, that... You know, his ultimate aim was speaking of those who would inherit eternal life. And inheriting eternal life is to become as father and mother are now. And this resurrection that he is referring to, to receive that body from which one goes no more out, is... um, after one has passed all of the tests that are associated with mortality. And that is fleshed out in further greater detail in Alma 13. Never to be divided, thus the whole becoming spiritual and immortal, that they can no more see corruption. Now when Amulek had finished these words, the people began again to be astonished. And also Zeezrom began to tremble, and thus ended the words of Amulek, Or this is all that I have written. Alma chapter 12, verse 1. Now Alma, seeing that the words of Amulek had silenced Zeezrom, for he beheld that Amulek had caught him in his lying and deceiving, to destroy him and seeing that he began to tremble under a consciousness of his guilt. He opened his mouth and began to speak unto him and to establish the words of Amulek and to explain things beyond or to unfold the scriptures beyond that which Amulek had done. Now, usually as is going to be stated explicitly in a few verses, God withholds declaring celestial doctrine until a person or a people are ready to receive it. And there's one exception. I mean, Alma 13 seems to be a violation. And Alma 12 seems to be a violation of the very principle that Alma is about to lay down. And the one exception is, when there is to be a separation of wheat and tares, God commands that celestial doctrine be declared, that the wheat may be strengthened and ascend, and the tares might be hardened, that the tares might be hardened even unto the point that they are willing to kill the wheat. We also saw this principle being carried out by Joseph Smith and those to whom he administered the endowment for he administered the endowment to both wheat and tares that the wheat might be strengthened and that the tares might be hardened even to the point that they would be willing to murder the prophet of the restoration and his brother and all those who would stand between them and power. And Alma began to speak, verse 1, unto him and to establish the words of Amulek, and to explain things beyond or to unfold the scriptures beyond that which Amulek had done. And it's, it's very interesting because Alma is going to be getting into basically the temple endowment and to do it among a mixed group of people so that the separation of wheat and tares can be accomplished. It's, it's fascinating. Now the words that Alma spake unto Zeezrom were heard by the people round about for the multitude was great And he spake on this wise. Now Zeizrum, seeing that thou hast been taken in thy lying and craftiness, for thou hast not lied unto men only, but thou hast lied unto God. For behold, he knows all thy thoughts, and thou seest that thy thoughts are made known unto us by his spirit. And thou seest that we know that the that thy plan was a very subtle plan as to the subtlety of the devil. For to lie and to deceive this people, that thou mightest set them against us to revile us, to cast us out. Now this was a plan of thine adversary, and he hath exercised his power in thee. Now I would that ye should remember that what I say unto thee, I say unto all. And behold, I say unto you all, that this was a snare of the adversary, which he has laid to catch this people that he might bring you into subjection unto him, that he might encircle you about with his chains, that he might chain you down to everlasting destruction according to the power of his captivity. And when Alma had spoken these words, Zeezrom began to tremble more exceedingly, for he was convinced more and more of the power of God. And he was also convinced that Alma and Amulek had a knowledge of him, for he was convinced that they knew the thoughts and intents of his heart, for the power was given unto them that they might know of these things according to the spirit of prophecy. And Zeezrom began to inquire of them diligently that he might know more concerning the kingdom of God. And he said unto Alma, what does this mean which Amulek has spoken concerning the resurrection of the dead, that all shall rise from the dead, both the just and the unjust, and are brought to stand before God to be judged according to their works. And now Alma began to expound these things unto him, saying, It is given unto many to know the mysteries of God. Nevertheless, they are laid under strict command that they shall not impart only according to the portion of the word which he doth grant unto the children of men, according to the heed and diligence which they give unto him. So Amulek's words were cloaked, and he was obeying this principle by not imparting the mysteries of God unto a mixed people. And therefore, he that will harden his heart, the same receiveth a lesser portion of the word. And he that will not harden his heart, to him is given the greater portion of the word, until it is given unto him to know the mysteries of God, until he know them in full. Now, Zizrom and many in the city of Ammonihah are having their hearts softened and they are receiving the truth. Wherefore they have come to a state that Alma is able to preach the greater portion of the word to them, that they might be strengthened for what is about to come and that the tears may be become more hardened that they may betray who they really are, and that what happens to the righteous may stand as a witness against the wicked, that they may be accused and judged of who they really are, which is not actually brought to the surface until the separation among wheat and tares. And verse 10. And therefore he that will harden his heart, the same receiveth the lesser portion of the word. And he that will not harden his heart, to him is given the greater portion of the word until it is given unto him to know the mysteries of God, until he know them in full. And they that will harden their hearts, to them is given the lesser portion of the word, until they know nothing concerning his mysteries. And then they are taken captive by the devil and led by his will down to destruction." Now this is what is meant by the chains of hell. And Amulek has spoken plainly concerning death and being raised from this mortality to a state of immortality. And being brought before the bar of God to be judged according to our works. Then if our hearts have been hardened, yea, if we have hardened our hearts against the word insomuch that it has not been found in us, then will our state be awful, for then we shall be condemned for our words will condemn us. Yea, all our words will condemn us. We shall not be found spotless, and our thoughts will also condemn us. And in this awful state, we shall not dare to look up to our God. And we would fain be glad if we could be commanded, if we could command the rocks and the mountains to fall upon us, to hide us from his presence. But this cannot be. We must come forth and stand before him in his glory. And in his power and in his might, majesty, and dominion, I acknowledge to our everlasting shame that all of his judgments are just, that he is just in all his works, and that he is merciful unto the children of men, and that he has all power to save every man that believeth on his name and bringeth forth fruit meat for repentance. And now, behold, I see unto you, then cometh a death, even a second death, which is a spiritual death. Then is a time that whosoever dieth in his sins as to a temporal death shall also die a spiritual death and shall die as to things pertaining unto righteousness. Then is the time when their torments shall be as a lake of fire and brimstone whose flame ascendeth up forever and ever. Then is the time that they shall be chained down to an everlasting destruction according to the power and captivity of Satan and having subjected them according to his will. Then I say unto you, they shall be as though there had been no redemption made for they cannot be redeemed according to God's justice for they cannot die seeing there is no more corruption. And now it came to pass that when Alma had made an end of speaking these words, the people began to be more astonished. But there was one Antoniha, who was chief ruler among them, who came forth and said unto him, What is this that thou hast said, that man should raise from the dead and be changed from this mortal to an immortal state, that the soul can never die? What does the scripture mean, which saith that God placed cherubim and a flaming sword on the east of the garden of Eden, lest our first parents should enter and partake of the fruit of the tree of life and live forever. And thus we see that there was no possible chance that they should live forever. And thus we also see how much of the gospel that the people in the city of Ammonihah had and why they are under such great condemnation for rejecting the truth. Verse 22, And Alma said unto him, This is the thing which I was about to explain. Now we see that Adam did fall by partaking of the forbidden fruit, according to the word of God. And thus we see that by his fall, all mankind became a lost and fallen people. And now, behold, I say unto you that if it had been possible for Adam to have partaken of the fruit of the tree of life at that time, there would have been no death, and the word would have been void, making God a liar, for he said, "'If thou eat, thou shalt surely die.'" And we see that death cometh upon mankind. Yea, the death which has been spoken of by Amulek, which is the temporal death. Nevertheless, there was a space granted unto man in which he might repent. Therefore, this life became a probationary state, a time to prepare to meet God, a time to prepare for that endless state which has been spoken of by us, which is after the resurrection of the dead. Now, if it had not been for the plan of redemption, which was laid from the foundation of the world. There never could have, there could have been no resurrection of the dead, but there was a plan of redemption laid and shall bring to pass the resurrection of the dead of which has been spoken. And now behold, if it were possible that our first parents could have gone forth and partaken of the tree of life, they should have been forever miserable having no preparatory state for thus the plan of redemption would have been frustrated and the word of God would have been void taking none effect. But behold, it was not so, but it was appointed unto man that they must die. And after death, they must come to judgment, even that same judgment of which we have spoken, which is the end. And after God had appointed that these things should come unto man, behold, then he saw that it was expedient that man should know concerning the things whereof he, had been appointed unto them. Therefore he sent angels to converse with them, who caused men to behold his glory. And they began from that time forth to call upon his name. Therefore God conversed with men, and made known unto them the plan of redemption, which had been prepared from the foundation of the world. And this he made known unto them, according to their faith and repentance and their holy works." You know, basically Alma is explaining um, the terrestrial portion of the temple endowment to these people. Verse 31, wherefore he gave commandments unto men, they having first transgressed the first commandments as to things which were temporal and becoming as gods, knowing good from evil, placing themselves in a state to act or being placed in a state to act according to their wills and pleasures, whether to do evil or to do good. Therefore, God gave them commandments after having made known unto them the plan of redemption, that they should not do evil, the penalty thereof being a second death, which was an everlasting death as to things pertaining unto righteousness. For one such, the plan of redemption could have no power, For the works of justice could not be destroyed according to the supreme goodness of God. But God did call on men in the name of his son, this being the plan of redemption which was laid, saying, if you will repent and harden not your hearts, then will I have mercy upon you through mine only begotten son. Therefore, whosoever repenteth and hardeneth not his heart, he shall have claim on mercy through my only begotten Son, unto remission of his sins, and these shall enter into my rest. Now entering into the rest of the Lord is entering into the fullness of his glory in this life. This is instruction about how to part the veil and enter into the presence of the Lord in the fullness of his glory, to ascend to the high mountain, verse thirty six and now, my brethren, behold, I say unto you that if ye will harden your hearts, ye shall not enter into the rest of the Lord, therefore your iniquity provoketh him, that he sendeth down his wrath upon you as in the first provocation, yea, according to his word in the last provocation, as well in the first, to the everlasting destruction of your souls, therefore, according to his word, unto the last death as well as the first. And now my brethren, seeing we know these things, they are not, and they are true. Let us repent and harden not our hearts that we provoke not the Lord, our God to pull down his wrath upon us in these, his second commandments, which he has given unto us. But let us enter into the rest of God, which is prepared according to his word. (laughs) Now before we jump into the meat of the celestial portion of Alma's veil lecture let's let's go to DNC 84 and again verses 23 and 24 Now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. But they hardened their hearts and could not hinder his presence. Therefore the Lord in his wrath, for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Entering into the rest of the Lord is what Moses, is what Joseph Smith, is what Alma is seeking to do to his people. Not being reserved for the next life, but in this life. Alma 13, verse 1. And again, my brethren, I would cite your minds forward to the time when the Lord God gave these commandments unto the children. And I would that you should remember that the Lord God ordained priests after his holy order, which was after the order of his son to teach these things unto the people. Now, we've previously read that Alma was preaching um, the doctrine of the holy order. Which doctrine is the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and entering into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory. That the holy order is the patriarchal order of the Melchizedek priesthood. If we go to DNC 76, let's do a quick cross reference. DNC seventy six, starting in verse fifty one, they are they who received the testimony of Jesus and believed on His name and were baptized after the manner of His burial, being buried in the water in His name, and this according to the commandments which He has given. Now this baptism is not into the celestial preparatory gospel performed by the Aaronic priesthood. This baptism is performed by the Melchizedek priesthood into the terrestrial order or church of Christ. Verse 52, that by keeping the commandments, they might be washed and cleansed from all their sins and receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed unto this power. So, In verse 52, we have the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which does not occur when one is confirmed a member of the LDS Church. It must be performed by one who is both ordained and sealed, and thus we find out that there are two parts to every priesthood. The first part is the ordination where one receives authority. The second part is um, having that priesthood sealed upon a man, And that is when he receives power in the priesthood. And the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost must be performed by one who has been ordained and sealed to this order of the priesthood, the apostolic order, first order of Melchizedek priesthood, whether he be on this side of the veil or the other. But this can only happen during times when the heavens are opened like during the days of Joseph Smith's first ministry and at his death, the heavens were closed and it be, was not possible to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, or enter into the rest of the Lord until Joseph Smith returned and the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood was again restored to the earth, both the authority and the power, both the ordination and and the ceiling. Verse 53, 53 describes the process of entering into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory, which Alma has just been talking about. And in order to enter into the rest of the Lord, there is no other way than to receive baptism by water into the terrestrial order and to receive baptism by fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then verse 53 and who overcome by faith so after the baptism of fire baptism of the holy ghost then one has access to the instruction about what one should do to part the veil and enter into the rest of the lord which rest is the fullness of his glory this is what it means to overcome by faith to overcome by faith is to seek after receive an act on revelation that one might qualify to enter into the rest of the lord and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise is Jesus Christ. And the sealing by the Holy Spirit of promise being talked about is having one's calling and election made sure. This is to enter into the rest of the Lord, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. Just and true is an ascension level. They are they who are the church of the firstborn. Now, verses 55 through 50 um, through 60 talk about the next ascension level. This is an ascension level within the church of the firstborn. And it is the holy order. And the holy order culminates in entering into the church of Enoch. Verse 55, they are they into whose hands the father hath given all things. They are they who are priests and kings who have received of his fullness and of his glory and are priests of the most high after the order of Melchizedek, which was after the order of Enoch, which was after the order of the only begotten son. A man who receives the second order of Melchizedek priesthood becomes part of the holy order. And when he has this priesthood sealed upon him, he becomes a king and a priest unto the most high God. Verse 58, wherefore, as it is written, they are God's little G, even the sons of God, big G. Wherefore, all are theirs and they, whether life or death or things present or things to come, all are theirs and they are Christ's and Christ is God's and they shall overcome all things. This is the holy order. And one must go through every step that is outlined here in D&C 76 that we have just gone through um, to become part of the holy order of God. So in Alma chapter 13, verse 1, the ordination... To priest that is being talked about is the same ordination that we just read about in dnc 76 it's ordination as a high priest in the holy order or the patriarchal order of the Melchizedek priesthood and again my brethren i would cite your minds forward to the time when the lord god gave these commandments unto his children and i would that you should remember that the lord god ordained priests after his holy order which was after the order of his son to teach these things unto the people to teach what to teach how to enter into the rest of the Lord. And those priests were ordained after the order of his son in a manner that thereby the people might know in what manner to look forward to his son for redemption. And this is the manner after which they were ordained. Now here Alma is about to set forth the celestial doctrine on resurrection. Being called and prepared from the foundation of the world, or in other words, those who are heirs or those who are foreordained to be ordained as a high priest in God's holy order, qualify from before the foundation of the world or before their current mortality in which they become ordained and sealed. Being called and prepared from before the foundation of the world, according to the foreknowledge of God, on account of their exceeding faith and good works, in the first place, being left to choose good or evil. So we've just been given the setting. The setting for being left to choose between good and evil is before the foundation of the world or before their current mortality. Now, is one left to choose between good and evil when one is in the presence of God? One is not. One is not left to choose between good and evil until one inhabits a mortality in the flesh and has the veil of forgetfulness drawn across their mind. So what is being laid out here is the doctrine of eternal lives, the doctrine that nobody can inherit all that Christ has. The only way to inherit all that Christ has is to become all that Christ is. And nobody can do that in one mortality. To become as Christ is, it takes many mortalities. And to be foreordained, to be ordained a high priest in the holy order of God, there are prerequisites that one must attain in a prior mortality. So, being called and prepared from the foundation of the world. We've just set the time and the place before the current mortality. According to the foreknowledge of God. Well, this is this is a bit different definition of the foreknowledge of God than what we typically um, consider. In this context, the foreknowledge of God is that we have already shown God exactly who we are. Because we have demonstrated exactly who we are, he knows exactly who we are and what we'll do because we've already shown him on account of their exceeding faith and good works. Now, this exceeding faith and good works is akin to what we just read in DNC 76, who overcome by faith. In a mortality, in the first place, being left to choose between good and evil. Therefore, they having chosen good and exercised exceedingly great faith. Or in other words, in their prior mortality, they must have first received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and received the second comforter, had their calling and election made sure for them to be a candidate according to the foreknowledge of God to be ordained to the highest priesthood, the patriarchal order of the Mechizedek priesthood, which is where one becomes a high priest in the holy order. So here Alma is setting forth the celestial doctrine of resurrection. Are called with a holy calling, yea, with that holy calling, which was prepared with and according to a preparatory redemption for such. Now that last line is pregnant with meaning that is probably deeper than we should go into tonight and verse four. And thus they have been called to this holy calling on account of their faith while others would reject the spirit of God on account of the hardness of their hearts and blindness of their minds. While if it had not been for this, they might have had as great a privilege as their brethren or in other words, When the heavens are opened, the opportunity of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and entering into the rest of the Lord is available to everybody if they will but enter into the new covenant. Or in fine, in the first place, they were on the same standing with their brethren thus this holy calling being prepared from the foundation of the world for such as would not harden their hearts being in, in and through the atonement of the only begotten son who was prepared and thus being called by this holy calling and ordained unto the high priesthood of the holy order of God to teach his commandments unto the children of men that they also might enter into his rest. So the whole point of being ordained a high priest is to be able to help and to teach others how to also enter into the rest of the Lord. It's to declare the doctrine of Christ, not just unto the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy ghost, but also unto the second comforter. Verse seven, this high priesthood being after the order of his son, which order was from the foundation of the world, or in other words, being, without beginning of days or end of years, being prepared from eternity to all eternity, according to his foreknowledge in all things. Now they were ordained after this manner, being called with a holy calling and ordained with a holy ordinance and taking upon them the high priesthood. Now this holy ordinance is to have God the Father lay his hands upon their head and ordain them to the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood and to make them a high priest in his holy order. This high priesthood, being after the order of his son, which order was from the foundation of the world, or in other words, being without beginning of days or end of years, being prepared from eternity to all eternity, according to his foreknowledge of all things, now they were ordained after this manner being called with a holy calling and ordained with a holy ordinance and taking upon them the high priesthood of the holy order, which calling an ordinance and high priesthood is without beginning or end. Thus they became high priests forever after the order of the son, the only begotten, of the Father, who is without beginning of days or end of years, who is full of grace, equity, and truth. And thus it is, amen. Now, as I said, concerning the holy order, or this high priesthood, there were many who were ordained and became high priests of God. And it was on account of their exceeding faith and repentance and their righteousness before God, they choosing to repent and work righteousness rather than to perish. This is exactly what Alma the elder and Alma the younger did. Therefore they were called after this holy order and were sanctified and their garments were washed white through the blood of the lamb. Or in other words, they came into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory and he made their calling and election made sure. Now they, after being sanctified by the Holy ghost having their garments made white, being pure and spotless before God, could not look upon sin, save it were with abhorrence. And there were many, exceedingly great many, who were made pure, and entered into the rest of the Lord their God. And now, my brethren, I would that ye should humble yourselves before God, and bring forth fruit, meat for repentance, that ye may also enter into, the rest, into that rest. Now to bring forth fruit, meat, For repentance means to enter into the new covenant and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that ye might then be instructed about how to enter into the rest of the Lord and then be further instructed about how to enter into his holy order. Verse 14. Yea, humble yourselves, even as the people in the days of Melchizedek, who was also a high priest after the same order which I have spoken. And also who also took upon him the high priesthood forever. Now, I should make note that the final test of Abraham before he had this order of the priesthood sealed upon him was that he had to be willing to offer up his son Isaac on the altar. And the men for whom this discord is Discourse is being taught. They also have the opportunity. To enter into the holy order. But their final test. Is how they will endure. Their wives. And their children. Being cast into the flames. And being burned alive. And. And. This, to better understand the greatness of the magnitude of the test that is required before this priesthood can be sealed upon a man. And for those women who were their wives, for them to ascend to that same spiritual level, What was required of them was to die as martyrs, to be able to face those flames without denying Jesus Christ and standing strong in their testimony of Him. Verse 15. And it was this same Melchizedek to whom Abraham paid tithes. Yea, even our father Abraham paid tithes of one tenth of all that he possessed. Now these ordinances were given after this manner that thereby the people might look forward on the son of God. It being a type of his order or it being his order and this that they might look forward to him for remission of their sins that they might enter into the rest of the Lord again. The doctrine of Christ, the path of ascension. Now this Melchizedek was a king over the land of Salem, and his people had waxed strong in iniquity and abomination. Yea, they had all gone astray and were full of all manner of wickedness. But Melchizedek, having exercised mighty faith and received the office of high priesthood according to the holy order of God, did preach repentance unto his people. And behold, they did repent And Melchizedek did establish peace in the land in his days. Therefore, he was called the Prince of Peace. For he was the King of Salem. And he did reign under his father. Now, reigning under his father is not talking about his earthly father, but his heavenly father. And if you want to know the true identity of Melchizedek, turn to JST Genesis 14 and read what it has to say about Melchizedek there. And there was a hint that's given in verse 18 of Alma 13. And one can only understand it when one understands the true doctrine of resurrection that Alma has just set forth in verse 3, and he's trying to tell you who Melchizedek really was. But it takes eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand. Verse 19. Now there were many before him, and also there were many afterwards, but none were greater. Another key to the true identity of Melchizedek. Therefore of him they have more particularly made mention. Now I need not rehearse the matter, but but what I have said may suffice. Behold, the scriptures are before you, if ye will rest them, or if ye will change their meaning, it shall be for your own destruction. And now it came to pass that when Alma had said these words, unto them he stretched forth his hand unto them. And he cried with a mighty voice, saying, Now is the time to repent, for the day of salvation draweth nigh. Yea, the voice of the Lord by the mouth of angels doth declare it unto all nations. Yea, doth declare it that they may have glad tidings of great joy. Yea, and he doth sound these glad tidings among all his people. (laughs) Yea, even to them that are scattered abroad upon the face of the earth, wherefore they have come unto us. And they are made known unto us in plain terms, that we may understand that we cannot err. And this because of our being wanderers in a strange land. Now, when you understand the eternity of the gods and exactly how we get from where we are now to where heavenly father and heavenly mother are now. One then understands the statement, this because of our being wanders in a strange land. Therefore we are, thus highly favored. Now this wanders in a strange land is talking specifically about those who become members of the Holy order because of their prior ascension level. For behold, angels are declaring it unto many at this time in our land. And this is for the purpose of preparing the hearts of the children of men to receive his word at the time of his coming in his glory. And now we only wait to hear the joyful news declared unto us by the mouth of angels of his coming for the time cometh. We know not how soon would to God that it might be in my day, but let it be sooner or later in it. I will rejoice. So here Alma makes reference both to Christ's first coming and to his second. And it shall be made known unto just and holy men by the mouth of angels in the time of his coming. That the words of our fathers may be fulfilled according to that which they have spoken concerning him, which was according to the spirit of prophecy which was in them. And now, my brethren, I wish from the most innermost part of my heart, yea, with great anxiety, even unto pain, that you would hearken unto my words and cast off your sins and not procrastinate the day of your repentance, but that you would be humble but that you would humble yourselves before the Lord and call on his holy name and watch and pray continually that he may not be tempted, that ye may not be tempted above that which ye can bear and thus be led by the Holy Spirit, becoming humble, meek, submissive, patient, full of love and all longsuffering, suffering, which is to enter into the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Having faith on the Lord, having a hope, that ye shall receive eternal life, having the love of God always in your hearts, that ye may be lifted up at the last day and enter into his rest. And may the Lord grant unto you repentance, that ye may not bring down his wrath upon you, that ye may not be bound down by the chains of hell, that ye may not suffer the second death. And Alma spake many more words unto the people which are not written in this book. Alma 14. Now it came to pass that after he had made an end of speaking unto the people, many of them did believe on his words and began to repent and to search the scriptures. And I would submit to you that many of these individuals were at that spiritual level of ascension in a prior mortality. They had received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy ghost and the second comforter and were candidates to become again, Members of the Church of the firstborn through the Second Comforter, and then to continue the path of ascension and become members of the Holy Order of God, but the more part of them were desirous that they might destroy Alma and Amulek, for they were angry with Alma because of the plainness of his words unto Zem, and they also said into, and they also said that Amulek had lied unto them and had reviled against their law, and also against their lawyers and judges. And they were also angry with Alma and Amulek. And because they had testified so plainly against their wickedness, they sought to put them away privily. But it came to pass that they did not, but they took them and bound them with strong cords and took them before the chief judge of the land. And the people went forth and witnessed against them, testifying that they had reviled against the law and their lawyers and judges of the land, and also of the people that were in the land, and also testified that there was but one God, and that he should send his son among the people, but he should not save them. And many such things did the people testify against Alman and Amulek. Now, this was done before the chief judge of the land. And it came to pass that Zezrom was astonished at the words which had been spoken, and he also knew concerning the blindness of the minds which had. "'caused among the people by his lying words. "'And his soul began to be harrowed up "'under consciousness of his own guilt. "'Yea, he began to be encircled about "'by the pains of hell. "'And it came to pass that he began to cry unto the people, "'saying, Behold, I am guilty, "'and these men are spotless before God. "'And he began to plead for them "'that from that time forth. "'But they reviled him, saying, "'Art thou also possessed with the devil?' How interesting is it that evil is called good and good evil? And exactly the opposite of what is going on is the accusation. It is the people who are making the accusations that are possessed by the devil, and yet they are accusing the very ones who would deliver them from the chains of the devil Just as Christ was accused of having devils with him, so are his servants. Art thou also possessed with the devil? And they spit upon him and cast him out from among them. And also those who believed in the words which had been spoken by Alma and Amulek. And they cast them out and sent men to cast stones at them. And they brought their wives and children together. And whosoever believed or had been taught to believe in the word of God, they caused that they should be cast into the fire. And they also brought forth their records, which contain the Holy Scriptures, and cast them into the fire also, that they might be burned and destroyed by fire. And it came to pass that they took Alma and Amulek and carried them forth to the place of martyrdom, that they might witness the destruction of those who were consumed by fire, And when Amulek saw the pains of the women and children who were consuming in the fire, and remember that his wife and his children were among those numbers who were rounded up and cast into the fire, he also was pained. And he said unto Alma, How can we witness this? Awful scene. Therefore, let us stretch forth our hands and exercise the power of God which is in us and save them from the flames. But Alma said unto him, The Spirit constraineth me that I must not stretch forth mine hand. For behold, the Lord received them up unto himself in glory, and he doth suffer that they may do this thing or that the people may do this thing unto them according to the hardness of their hearts, that the judgments which shall he shall exercise upon them in his wrath may be just, and the blood of the innocent shall stand as a witness against them, yea, and cry mightily against them at the last day. So, the women and children who had to face the flames, everybody at some point must die a martyr and if this was their time to die as martyrs it is okay we also must remember this lesson in the days that are coming and if we likewise are called to die as martyrs. We should go forth singing and praising God in the very act of having our lives taken from us that we might be qualified to come forth in the morning of the first resurrection and descend with Christ as he comes with his glory upon the earth. And our death will stand as a witness against those who would slay us. That they may be convicted for who they really are in the eternities. And that we might receive the opposition that we need to ascend. For Alma had already ascended to the holy order And this was precisely the test that Amulek needed to ascend likewise. And verse 8. And they brought their wives and children together and whosoever believed or had been taught to believe in the word of god they caused that they should be cast into the fire and they also brought forth their records which contain the holy scriptures and cast into the fire also and cast them into the fire also that they might be burned and destroyed by fire And it came to pass that they took Alma and Amulek and carried them forth to the place of martyrdom, that they might witness the destruction of those who were consumed by fire. And when Amulek saw the pains of the women and children and his wife and his children who were consuming in the fire, he also was pained, and he said unto Alma, "'How can we witness this awful scene? "'Therefore let us stretch forth our hands,' And exercise the power of God, which is in us, and save them from the flames. And Alma said unto him, The Spirit constraineth me, that I must not stretch forth mine hand. For behold, the Lord receiveth them up unto himself in glory. And he doth suffer that they do this thing, or that the people may do this thing unto them according to the hardness of their hearts that the judgments which he shall exercise upon them in his wrath may be just. And the blood of the innocent shall stand as a witness against them, yea, and cry mightily against them at the last day. And now Amulek said unto Alma, Behold, perhaps they will burn us also. And Alma said, Be it according to the will of the Lord. But behold, our work is not finished, therefore they burn us not. Now it came to pass that when the bodies of those who had been cast into the fire were consumed, and also the records which were cast in with them, the chief judge of the land came and stood before Alma and Amulek, as they were bound and smote them with with his hand upon their cheeks, and said unto them, After what ye have seen, we preach again unto this people that they shall be cast into a lake of fire and brimstone. Behold, ye see that ye had not power to save those who had been cast into the fire. Neither has God saved them because they were of thy faith. And the judge smote them upon their cheeks and asked, "What say ye for yourselves?" <coughs> and this judge was after the order of the f- and faith of Nahor, who slew Gideon. And it came to pass that Alma and Amulek answered him nothing. And he smote them again and delivered them to the officers to be cast into prison. And when they had been cast into prison three days, there came many lawyers and judges and priests and teachers who are of the profession of Nahor. And they came in unto the prison to see them. And they questioned them about many words, but they answered them nothing. And it came to pass that the judge stood before them and said, Why do you not Answer the words of this people, know ye not that I have power to deliver you up unto the flames, and he commanded them to speak, but they answered nothing and it came to pass that they departed and went their ways, but came again on the morrow, and the judge also smote them again on their cheeks, and many came forth also and smote them, and saying, "Will ye stand again and judge this people and condemn our law, if ye have such great power?" Why do ye not deliver yourselves? And many such things did they say unto them, gnashing their teeth upon them and spitting upon them, and saying, How shall we look when we are damned? And many such things, yea, all manner of such things did they say unto them. And they did mock them for many days, and they did withhold food from them that they might hunger, and water that they might thirst. And also did take from them their clothes, that they were naked. And thus they were bound with strong cords and confined in prison. And it came to pass that they had thus suffered many days. And it was on the twelfth day, in the tenth month, in the tenth year of the reign of the judges, over the people of Nephi, that the chief judge over the land of Ammonihah and many of their teachers and their lawyers went up unto the prison where Alma and Amulek were bound with cords. And the chief judge stood before them and smote them again and said unto them, If ye have the power of God, deliver yourselves from these bands, and then we will believe that the Lord will destroy this people according to your words. And it came to pass that all went forth and smote them, saying the same words, even until the last. And when the last had spoken unto them, the power of God was upon Alma and Amulek. And they rose and stood upon their feet. And Alma cried, saying, Oh, how long we suffer these great afflictions, O Lord. O Lord, give us strength according to our faith, which is in Christ, even unto deliverance, that they broke the cords with which they were bound. And when the people saw this, they began to flee, for the fear of destruction had come upon them. And it came to pass that so great was their fear that they fell to the earth and did not obtain the outer door of the prison. And the earth shook mightily and the walls of the prison were rent in twain so that they fell to the earth. And the chief judge and the lawyers and the priests and the teachers who smote upon Alma and Amulek were slain by the fall thereof. And Alma and Amulek came out of the prison and they were not hurt for the Lord had granted unto them power according to their faith which was in Christ and they straightway came forth out of the prison and they were loosed from the bands and the prison had fallen to the earth and every soul within the walls thereof save it were Alma and Amulek was slain and they straightway came forth unto the city now the people having heard a great noise came running together by multitudes to know the cause of it And when they saw Alma and Amulek coming forth out of the prison and the walls thereof had fallen to the earth, they were struck with great fear and fled from the presence of Alma and Amulek, even as a goat fleeth with her young from two lions. And thus they did flee from the presence of Alma and Amulek. Chapter 15, verse 1. And it came to pass that Alma and Amulek were commanded to depart out of that city And they departed and came out, even into the land of Sidon. And behold, there they found all the people who had departed out of the land of Ammonihah, who had been cast out and stoned because they believed the words of Alma. And they related unto them all that had happened unto their wives and their children, and also concerning them, and of their power of deliverance. And also Zizram lay sick at Sidon with a burning fever which was caused by the great tribulations of his mind on account of the wickedness of his wickedness. For he supposed that Alma and Amulek were no more. And he supposed that they had been slain because of his iniquity and his great sin and his many other sins did harrow up his mind until he did become exceedingly sore, having no deliverance. Therefore he began to be scorched with a burning heat. Now when He heard that Alma and Amulek were in the land of Sidon. His heart began to take courage, and he sent a message immediately unto them, desiring them to come unto him. And it came to pass that they went immediately obeying the message which he had sent unto them. And they went unto the house of Zizram. And they found him upon his bed, sick, being very low, with a burning fever. And his mind also was exceedingly sore because of his iniquities. And when he saw them, he stretched forth his hand and besought them that they would heal him. And it came to pass that Alma said unto him, taking him by the hand, Believest thou in the power of Christ unto salvation? And he answered and said, Yea, I believe all the words that thou hast taught. And Alma said, If thou believest in the redemption of Christ, thou canst be healed. And he said, Yea, I believe according to thy words. And then Alma cried unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, our God, have mercy on this man, and heal him according to his faith, which is in Christ. And when Alma had said these words, Zeezrom leaped upon his feet and began to walk. And this was done to the great astonishment of all the people. And the knowledge of this went forth throughout all the land of Sidon. And Alma baptized Zeezrom unto the Lord and began from that time forth to preach unto the people. And Alma established a church in the land of Sidon and consecrated priests and teachers in the land to baptize unto the Lord whosoever were desirous to be baptized. And it came to pass that there were many, for they did flock in from the region round about Sidon to be baptized. And as to the people who were in the land Ammonihah, they yet remained a hard-hearted and a stiff-necked people. And they repented not of their sins, ascribing all the power of Alma and Amulek to the devil. And they were of the profession of Nahor, and did not believe in the repentance of their sins. And it came to pass that Elmon Amulek came. And it came to pass that Alman Amulek, Amulek, having forsaken all of his gold and silver and precious things, which were in the land of Ammonihah, for the word of God, he being rejected by those who were once his friends, and also by his father and his kindred. Therefore, after Alma, having established the church at Sidon, seeing a great check, yea, seeing that the people were checked as to the pride of their hearts, and began to humble themselves before God, and began to assemble themselves together at the sanctuaries to worship God before the altar, watching and praying continually that they might be delivered from Satan and from death and from destruction. And, you know, just of particular note, that as Amulek began repenting of his sins and declaring the doctrine of Christ, he was rejected by many of his family. And now, as I said, Alma, having seen all these things, therefore he took Amulek and came over to the land of Zarahemla, and took him to his own house, and did administer unto him in his tribulations, and strengthened him in the Lord. And thus ended the tenth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And in conclusion, Alma 16, verses 2 and 3. For behold, the armies of the Lamanites had come in upon the wilderness side, and into the borders of the land, even the city of Ammonihah, and began to slay the people and to destroy the city. And now it came to pass that before the Nephites could raise a sufficient army to drive them out of the land, they had destroyed the people who were in the city of Ammonihah, and also some around the borders of Noah, and taken others captive into the wilderness." So, in conclusion, just as it was necessary for the Nephites among the people in the city of Ammonihah to repent and return and enter into covenant with their God, so it is with us the book of Mormon prophets all cry out in testimony that the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints before the coming of Christ in his glory, they all have need to repent and to return or we are be, or we are to be destroyed. And so I would invite everybody tonight before retiring to bed To cry out unto God, to offer up unto him your broken heart and contrite spirit, to give him permission, to give you whatever experiences you yet lack, to come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit. And just because one has at one time come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit does not mean that one has sustained it. A broken heart and a contrite spirit is something that must be attained unto every day. And if you have not yet received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I would ask you, to check with Father if you believe that you have received it. To ask him to verify whether or not you have received it. Because if you believe you have, but you have not, then you are handicapped. Because without earnestly seeking after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and doing whatever the Lord requires for its resumption, it is doubtful that you will receive it. So, if you have not received it, covenant with the Lord that you are willing to receive anything that is required to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if you have received it, covenant again with the Lord, with a broken heart and contrite spirit, that you're willing to receive anything that the Lord would see fit to pour out upon you that you might enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory, that you might be clasped in the arms of Jesus, that you might be able to come back and bear that witness before heaven and earth that you have seen and that you have felt and that you know that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the eternal father that he bears the marks of our iniquity in his flesh, and that it is by his stripes that we are healed, that we might participate in the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house on the eve of destruction, and go on that end-time exodus that will culminate with meeting up with Enoch, his city, and the establishment of New Jerusalem. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.